Yeah. What up? What up? <laughs> We're here. Top of the morning to you, Mr. Glass. Yeah, man. It's uh, earlier than usual. Yeah. <laughs> it's a challenge. <laughs> Much earlier than usual. Yeah. Typically, this is a late operation. Right. After we've been talking all day. And, mm-hmm. uh, this is an early morning uh, edition. Yeah. Which has been a while since we did one of these. Yeah. It's been a, been a, been a long time. Maybe like a year. Yeah. At least a year. Wow. Okay, yeah. hopefully we make it through this shit. Yeah. Because this is an important topic, man. It is. It yeah. is. Nice shirt, man. It's an RIP joint. Appreciate it. Nice, you know? nice. Hey. You know, hopefully I can, that the camera gets that. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's a good one. It's a good That's one. the piece idea, man. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this week, man, we, we following up mm-hmm. on last week's episode, yeah. which was popular, uh-huh. you know, and had a lot of discussion going. Yes, yes, it did. Last week, we talked about the worst promotional strategies. Yeah. Things that you should not be doing, mm-hmm. but you're probably doing because you don't know no better. Would it be wrong of us to tag other people in in this topic if we felt they needed? To? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just fucking around. That's a very <laughs> interesting question. <laughs> Would it be hypocritical? Yeah. Are we allowed to tag people if it's for their benefit? Right. Well, probably. <laughs> Because it's I'm not just, just to promote, right? To, to tag, help. yeah, to tag people to promote, no, right? To tag people to help, that's probably acceptable. Okay, all right, all right, uh, all right. yeah, I, I'll, I'll let that go. <laughs> You'll allow it. I think that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Only if you're helping, right? Only. You got to know that you're helping. Right. You can't just be like, yeah, this, this music is gonna help you because it's fire, right? Right. But you can say this segment is gonna help you promote your art or music business better. So mm-hmm. you should check us out. What if they don't know that it's gonna help? What if they <laughs> they never know, bruh? People don't be trying to take the medicine, man. You got to put the medicine in different forms. You just got to so- say this show is entertaining. <laughs> right. That's funny. And then when they turn in because they see us laughing and clowning, then they're uh-huh. like, oh, there's some jewels in there. Right. You can't just tell a motherfucker, yo, your promo sucks. Watch this. <laughs> <laughs> They'll never watch it. Oh, They'll man. be like, oh, why are you talking shit about my promo, it? son? Why you hate it? It's got me this far. Uh-huh. What, what the fuck do you know? That's so, funny. He's got to be like, you know, we got to hit him with the Trojan horse, Trojan horse technique. Right. Man, where it just look like some fun play shit, look like a little amusement ride. Yeah. And then when they get in it, they're like, oh, shit. <laughs> Mad Jules. Soldiers just hopping out of the show, <laughs> attacking my ideas, attacking my beliefs. Yeah. We yeah, come yeah. in looking like the Trojan horse. I mean, you hop out, just. <laughs> kicking their old beliefs ass hey, <laughs> it's necessary but i i uh i digress yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah this week we're talking about the best mm-hmm. promotional strategies we're yeah. going to talk about 10 things that you should be doing that actually help you get fans easier than ever and most of this shit we're going to name doesn't cost you anything right um and so, you know, we have talked here about like publicists and booking agents and stuff like that before and the artist dream team and the videographer. This is none of that. Mm-hmm. And so we do uh, when it comes to those techniques, those are things that you do have to spend money for or or share your money with. Right. Mm-hmm. These are things you can do all on your own. Ten things that will help you. Uh, promote better and easier and, and get better results than all that bullshit you're yeah. probably doing. Yeah. And so uh, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Right. 
We got you stuck off the realness The most infamous, you heard of us Official podcast murderers The show comes equipped with few points to share Grown man ideas for all those who care And wanna grow, so go ahead and download Every single week with a brand new episode You're not alone in this world, cousin So we share information and honest discussion And keep repping the culture like we supposed to They spread gossip, but they never come closer I can hear it inside their tone They talk about the industry, but never left their home You get laced up with bullet points and such Plus empowering topics that they never would touch You can put your whole network against the team But Super Duty Tough Works the MVP Most valuable podcast on MP3 Priceless info, but all of it's free So take these words home and think them through Super Duty Tough Work is coming at you Now listening to Super Duty Tough Work with your host, Blueprint, raw and uncut, adult conversations, no shucking, no jiving, and no bullshit. All right. (laughs) Super Duty Tough Work, man. Yeah, we're We're back back here. Yeah. (sighs) Blueprint and Logic. Live from you know Super Duty Studios mm-hmm. <laughs> in the South Side of Columbus, uh-huh. you know, bringing you you know empowering information, and so we're gonna talk about promotional strategies. You know, the best, yeah, good promotional strategies. Yeah, we're gonna start with number one. The number one um, promotional strategy is to run a campaign. Yes. See, what a lot of people don't know, and a lot of artists don't know. Is that uh, whenever you look at some other larger, more professional entity roll out something, it's a it's a promotional campaign. Mm -hmm. That's what they call it. And if you want to understand promotional campaigns, just look at political campaigns. Right. right? Those are probably the most popular type of campaigns we see. And obvious. Yeah. And obvious. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Because, yeah, a lot of the music stuff is not so obvious. You won't even know. Mm -hmm. But a promotional campaign is when, say, you've got like, I mean, sorry, a political campaign. You have candidates. Right. Who all have uh, something that they want to get across to you. And say, hey, they're selling themselves. I believe this. I believe this. I believe that. And at the end of this campaign, I need you to vote for me. Right. right. Or vote for me or to like um, whatever. Just support the ticket in general mm-hmm. or vote for this issue. It could be anything. Right. right. Um, but that's how we see political campaigns. There's a start. There's an end. And then there's a um, then there's a um, uh, 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 uh that they want you to yeah to to do right mm-hmm. and so when it comes to that it's very easy the problem is that like um when it comes to music stuff it's not so obvious right. so a musical campaign is no different though but it's like you should have um a, a, a end goal which is if you sell music if you sell art if you're having a sale if you're having uh whatever is coming out you want to have a start date end date mm-hmm. and in between those two dates you have things that happen at certain times right. that get people more interested in what you're doing that build anticipation right. that's a campaign basically mm-hmm. you know so um a good example of a campaign that's going on right now that a lot of people probably haven't peeped is dj premiere mm-hmm. like if you are on instagram or follow dj premiere on social media the last two weeks has been a, a brilliant masterclass in starting a campaign. Yeah, yeah. So 
and what we're talking about here is the new Gangstar record. So about what two weeks ago, mm-hmm. he just had like a thirty second video of little answer machine yeah. and Nas right yeah. uh, saying, "Hey, yo, Prem," you know, and he was asking about. Yo, I heard there's a new Gangstar record. Right. Premier didn't say there's a new Gangstar record. No, nah, he didn't have to. He didn't say shit, right? Nah. He hit you with the answer machine, which was remind which reminded you of the joint off of um was it Hard to Earn intros? I uh, think it might have been losing so. Hard to Earn. Yeah, we had the phone intros, the I Chill joints, mm-hmm. right? So Nas just basically did the same intro he did on the I Chill intros on uh the Gangstar album uh uh from two thousand no, it was ninety four. Ninety four. Yeah, yeah, shit. And um that just had you reminiscing like, oh, shit, where mm-hmm. have I heard this before? Mm-hmm. He put the same break. But this is the exact same shit, but mm-hmm. Nas is saying something different. And that kind of creates this feeling of, wait a minute. Now, now you you tugging on some shit that I'm familiar with. Yeah. Where's this shit going? Mm-hmm. You know, so you, he started there. And then I think the next day it was like um, he posted some kind of like video clip of like some old footage of them. Yeah, it was, a, it was like a montage of old, yeah. old gangstar footage. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Old gangstar footage was a montage. So the average person might be thinking, you might not see how these things are coming together. Mm-hmm. But if you're an artist or you have a business, you should be looking at that as like, from the moment he posted that Nas thing, that was the start of his campaign. Instant instant coverage, too. Right. Like, I heard about that from um, Hip Hop DX. That's how I saw the um, the Nas thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, because I follow Premiere, but I'm not, I'm not crazy on IG all the time. Yeah. And that's how I found that out. And that's all that was posted at mm. that time. Yeah. That's it. And people were just like, whoa. Yeah, this is going, this is happening. Yeah. It's going down. Yeah. And yeah. there was no talk of it before then. No. I never even thought that it was even a, a possibility. Yeah. Like, do they have Gangstar mm. Records? Mm-hmm. Did he leave any material behind? I never thought about that. Right. And uh, it's been, it's been dope to watch every day he's dropped something. And then that led up to the audio of the first single. Right. And then it was like, oh, here's some some still images of the of the the video and then the video dropped you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying and okay here's behind the scenes of the music video you know so it's like all this was in a two-week period it was like he he let you know something was coming mm-hmm. then you heard okay you saw some shit that brought you back into the gangstar shit and what you missed and you heard guru rhyming mm-hmm. then you saw the fucking you heard the whole single then you heard the whole fucking video and now you're like holy shit and he still ain't said no release date nope not at all campaign beautiful beautiful campaign that's being rolled out right now mm-hmm. and and anticipation is building i'm a gangstar fan so oh, yeah me too you already know i'm i'm, <laughs> I'm ready yeah it's ordered already yeah. it's, 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 come on man <laughs> let's go let's go let's, let's go yeah. you know what i mean so i never really heard a gangstar record i didn't like right so uh right. you know i'm looking forward to that but the point of all this is is to point out that this is an example of a well-run campaign. Mm-hmm. They're not just waking up every day scrambling for things to post. Right. The it's stuff planned. that he's po- yeah, the stuff it's- he's posting now, I'm sure his stuff is going to work for at least a year. At least. You know, so you think about going back, finding all that archive footage of them on tour, them in a studio together. That takes time mm-hmm. to get it edited, to decide the order of events. So, so the best way to promote yourself is not to scramble around Get mad at people when they don't respond to your posts. The best way to do it is to take your time and to come up with like uh, uh, pieces that you can use in a promotional campaign. Yeah. 
I mean, I think it's beautiful. I'm I'm enjoying it and I'm ready. Yeah, you know, I love watching campaigns unfold. Yeah, it it, it, it excites me. It gives me ideas, you know, and yeah. it's like it gets me back into the mode of, especially if it's an artist that I've been listening to for a while. It gets me back into the mindset, like, oh yeah, like when um, just like Black Thought rolling out his EPs and stuff like yes. that, like just getting in that mode, like oh, thought about to. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, coming. It's coming. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah. Then he dropped that freestyle on Flex. It's like, oh shit. Yeah. Because oh, that was part of the campaign. Exactly. Too. Exactly. Because, yeah, he could have went up there at any time. At any time. He didn't, though. Yeah. He didn't go up there till he had that thing in the chamber. Yep. You know, and, and then he like, hit you with that 10 minutes. <gasps> you're like, where flames? You're like, I need this. this oh, yeah. Albums dropping. Yep. You know, next so. week. You're like, oh, shit. Because <laughs> uh, yeah. he was still hype off the freestyle. Hell yeah. I had it on repeat. Hell yeah. And uh, yeah, man, that shit is like that. That's uh, that's a great example, man. Mm-hmm. And, and so like as an artist, I would also want to add this to this point is that sometimes things will will come up and they might be before or after your campaign. Mm-hmm. Like say someone asks you to do, I don't know, a radio promo, for example, your black thought. So mm-hmm. say, man, I want you to come up here and freestyle. If you know you got a record coming out in six months, yeah. you should ask them if you can defer that yep. and, and wait until you start your album campaign. Yep. Because it will hit a hell of a lot harder as a piece that promotes this end thing than just as this piece that sits out there by itself. Exactly. And you know, I do that myself. I try to like I don't do one thing. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I do this podcast every week, but I don't do a, done, a ton of press anymore. Yeah, me neither. So it's like people will say, "Oh man, print. You want, can you do an interview? Can you do it here, here, here?" I try to save all of it until I've got something coming out. Yeah, because I want it to be used for a specific purpose, right. and their timeline shouldn't necessarily determine that. It should be what I got going on. Yeah, and I hope. And shout out to everybody who's asked me for an interview. Yeah. I hope I don't sound like an asshole me saying too, no. Man, and, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like telling, well, can we wait until this time frame or, you know, like yeah. maybe later? You know what I'm saying? Like even if I don't have anything planned that's coming out soon, I usually try to defer it and wait until I do have a plan. Yes. I do have something coming out. So I apologize if I ever came off. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Yo. Nah, fam. Nah, fam. I'm good. Nah. No. Nah, but yeah, you know, like, cause, cause you got to make sure everything works. Yes. You know, for something and not just having us random interviews out there when you're yes. not, you don't have anything to attach them to. I agree. I agree. So that's, that's number one, run a campaign. Yeah. One of the best promotional strategies there is. Yes. It might be the best. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's go to number two promotional strategy and this should be, you know, a given, but we got to say it, but great art. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the era that we're in now where everyone is interconnected, mm-hmm. you know how it is when you start looking at your Facebook feed and everybody's talking about a certain topic, mm-hmm. when everybody's talking about a, an event, be it good, be it bad, you go to Twitter, things are trending, you go certain topics, certain places, people are talking about certain things. That's the power of word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, word of mouth starts when you do something that's worth talking about. Exactly. The same thing applies. The same the same dynamic that impacts a uh, a, a bad event or something great happening impacts music mm-hmm. art. You know, so you having music means that uh, that that's really really great. Means that you can now enlist people to spread the word for you. Right. Because I don't care who you are, you don't have enough time in the day to sit on the internet and promote yourself. No, you don't. Nor should you. Yeah. Right. And uh, I realized that maybe in 2010, 2011, Mm -hmm. because, you know, we're still figuring this internet thing out. Right. And I remember thinking like, yo, I got all day 
but I ain't got all day. <laughs> right. You know, right. like I can literally sit here and promote all day. Yeah. But that's not going to change shit. Right. Like it changes when people start telling people about this shit for me. Exactly. And so what you need to do first and foremost, before you have a campaign, before you have any of this shit we're talking about is make great art. Yeah. Make sure what you're putting out there is something worth talking about. Same. You know, if you're not if you're not excited to share with people, then people ain't going to be excited to share with other people. Come on, man. You know, like you got to have something good that's worth people listening to. That's worth them saying, yo, you heard this joint. You heard yeah. this. You heard this record. This EP is crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like whatever. You, yeah. I mean, you got to have that. Yeah. And that energy is contagious. Like you said, like think about early in Kanye's career. Oh, come on. man. All the, he was jumping on tables. He was rhyming whenever he was doing everything. He was putting his money up, paying for his own videos. Mm -hmm. All of that's because he believed in the art. Mm -hmm. And when you saw his enthusiasm for the art, you thought, I need to listen to this shit. Mm -hmm. You know, I never we didn't go into Kanye's record thinking it would be that fire. Right. We just had to listen to it because he was doing all this shit. Yeah. And his name was buzzing <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. He's like, yo, he's literally doing everything he can. Yeah. He's telling you, I believe this in this record. Mm -hmm. And and it he was right. Yeah. It's a classic. Mm -hmm. And so you have to first and foremost make something that you're that excited about. Right. You can tell a lot of people ain't that excited about their music because they not that excited. Mm -hmm. They think it's cool. Mm -hmm. They might think it's dope. Mm -hmm. But are you that amped right. to where you're just like, nah, fam, you need this. <laughs> you need this in your life. No, 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 no. Oh, you haven't heard my shit? Mm -hmm. Come on, man. Don't play yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, you got to do that shit, man. Like, mm -hmm. I think I might have told the story about like uh, the first time I met my guy Swanberger on mm -hmm. here. Did I tell you the story nah. before? Okay, so I met a friend. I was drunk, so I, I didn't. He had to tell me the story. <laughs> <laughs> so I met my guy Swanberger in Florida. Uh, this was when we were on the Scribble Jam tour in 2005. Mm -hmm. I met him in St. Saint, uh, Petersburg, Florida, and we were on the Scribble Jam tour. And I guess after the show was ended, I was. This was right after 88 came out. Okay. So the shit was just. <laughs> it was taking. It was hot. Yeah. It was hot in the streets. Uh -huh. You know, and. Uh, I was killing on that tour, and then uh, I was outside, I guess, afterwards. And I, this way Swam tells us that, I guess, we was chopping it up. And somehow, the record came out, and he was, I was, he was like, nah, I, I, haven't, I was like, yo, have you heard 1988 yet? And he was like, nah, I ain't heard it yet. And he said, my face was just like, <laughs> like, bruh. What the fuck is wrong? And I'm just like, how have you, what the fuck is wrong with you, man? You need to hear this fucking record. You're playing yourself. This shit is incredible. Like, he said, I was just like, no, you need to go hear this shit. You're playing yourself by not hearing it. And he said, on one hand, he was like, damn, this motherfucker is arrogant as shit. Like, but then he was like, no, he actually really believes this shit. He said, the next week, he went to the record store, like, hey, let me get this 88 shit, see what this dude's talking about. And he said, as soon as he put it in tech, he was like, oh, <laughs> okay. he was right. Okay. I've been a fan ever since. So it was like, I believed in that shit, you mm -hmm. know, and I, I didn't even remember that conversation, but it sounds like some shit I would have said back then. <laughs> Definitely does. <laughs> like, like, yo, what? What's wrong? Hey, God, this motherfucker ain't earned 1988. He's, I just didn't even like that, like in front of mad people. <laughs> Like, yeah. Hey man, hey, come on, get this guy. <laughs> that's great. You know what I mean? It was like like brothers now. You know what it's funny? Like that's when we met. I was talking shit like you need to own this record. Bro. That's great. That's don't great. play yourself. So make great art. Mm -hmm. Then then you don't have to promote. Then when people see you promote it, mm -hmm. it hits harder. Right. Because they know you fucking care instead of just, hey, here's another post and then the nah, be excited about that shit. Yeah. So that's number two. Mm -hmm. Best promo strategy. Number three. 
and this is one that's a little we got to get into the weeds with this one because this, this is a little more of an advanced technique and some people don't get it but the number three you know best promotional strategy is to find a niche mm -hmm. so when it comes to uh let's look at the history of hip-hop what you had uh let's say prior to 94 95 you had specialists right you had like a rock him could just rap his ass off yeah bars all day. g rap bars mm -hmm. Kane, bars yeah you know what i'm saying like uh bismarcky comedy mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah. like nice and smooth fun records mm -hmm. right people didn't do everything right you know what i'm saying like if you was a gangster rapper you was a gangster rapper if you was a, a fun rapper you was a fun rapper if you was a, a lyricist you was a lyricist but what happened with like Pac, biggie mm -hmm. jay-z mm -hmm. and then and then nas who followed their lead right. was that you had guys who became like generalists right to where now it's okay i'm gonna have my gangster song yeah i'm gonna have my party song mm -hmm. i'm gonna have my up in a club song yep. i'm gonna have my i'm in love but i can't keep the girl song <laughs> yeah i'm gonna have my song where i'm just spitting mm -hmm. i'm gonna have my don't fuck with me song you know what i mean like you have all these I think LL was the first to do that. He really. was, but yeah, he it didn't really. But no one else did it. Yeah, no one else did it. No like one else he, did it. He broke into the the love genre definitely. Yeah, but he still had those um hard joints. Yeah, he had softer songs. Well, no one else yeah, did. Nobody else was really like huh. moving all over the place on their record. It was just straightforward. This is what I do. This is what that's I'm going to do. That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Right. And so, but then when like the, the explosion of like Biggie, Pac, Jay. Yep. You had the birth of like feeling like you had to be everything. Yeah, you had and to do it all. Had to do it all. So from that point forward, rappers have been feeling like they had to do it all. Yeah. And I think this is really up until recently when you start looking at guys like, you know, Kendrick. Right. I never get the feeling that he feels he has to do it all. Nah. I think he's like, this is me. Yeah, I'm just going to rap. And whatever comes out, comes out. Yeah. yeah he ain't trying to do to a chick joint. Fill all the baskets. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, you know, so it, it, it um, but what's happened now is that we've started to revert back to the specialist specialists, mm -hmm. having a niche artist, having a little lane that that's strategically yours. Right. And what what people say, well, why would I want to do that? Why? What? Why would I forego uh, being someone who can potentially, you know, appeal to everyone and be someone who can just uh, focus on one small niche? Well, you do that because that's how the Internet is set up. Right. And that's how you actually live your life. Exactly. You know, so. If you look at so some examples of this, so look at a guy like Mega Ran, for example. Mm -hmm. Early on in Mega Ran's career, this is before the shit was even a genre. He was rhyming about video games. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? His name is after goddamn. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Video game reference, mm -hmm. right? This wasn't necessarily the thing ten years ago, mm -hmm. fifteen years ago. Guys weren't necessarily embracing video game culture and hip hop like that. Mm -hmm. What we know now of, of nerdcore did not exist, right? And um. But look at how things progressed. He found when he branded himself as like, yo, these are my interests. I'm into comic books. Mm -hmm. I'm into video games. Yeah. I'm not a tough guy. Right. I can rap. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. So I I'm going to talk about what I'm I gonna know. I'm going to talk about what I know. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm going to talk about what I know. And in doing that, he found people with similar interests. Mm -hmm. He Instead of saying, I got to have the, the lyrical joint. I got to be appealing to this. I got to be a sex symbol. I, Nah, he's just being himself. He found his own lane, and in doing so, people found him. Yeah, and that's the key with it. When you find your own lane, you don't have to promote as hard because people are now looking for you. Yeah, you know, it's so true. Like if you look at it on a, on a bigger level, look at Outcast. Yes, like even though Outcast is Outcast, 
Yeah. Very niche. Yes. Very niche with what they did because there was nothing Southern like that that was out. Yeah, you had the ghetto boys. You had, you know, a lot of the Texas rap. But in Atlanta, there was nothing coming out of there that really signified what Atlanta was about. So you look at Outkast, you look at the whole Dungeon family in general. Yes. They were very, very them. And they didn't have to fit. They didn't try to fit in all those boxes. They didn't try to be lyricists. They didn't try to. They just did them. Yeah. And that shit fucking is history. You know what yeah. I'm saying? The shit blew up. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, another example is, is this podcast, right? Yeah. So, I mean, we could be doing the interview rappers about what they have out now podcast mm-hmm. and we probably would be bigger. Right. Mm-hmm. But we have a specialized thing we do, right. which is trying to help artists and talk about things in our lane for people who came up and were influenced by what we do. Right. There's not a lot. There's really nothing like us out there no. who does it this way, you no. know? And because that we're not the biggest, but we have a loyal fucking following. Exactly. Like we know we never in doubt, like are people going to listen? Right. You know? So we have a loyal following. People support us. They, they're amped about it. And like they spread the word for us now. Exactly. Like when I look at our Twitter, so many people saying y'all need to listen to this episode. <laughs> yep, yep. They killed it this week. Mm-hmm. I listened to that one. This was great. People do the work for us because I could never, like I said before, we could never yeah. do all that promoting. No, We'll never be on the internet enough and people will never listen to us. So it's always better coming from someone else, but that can't happen if you don't have your own lane. Definitely. So that's number three. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. Wow. If you've been listening to the podcast recently, then you know I've been working on a brand new book that I hope to have out in the next couple of months. But in the meantime, I'm here to let you guys know that all three of my first books are back in stock at waitlist.net. That means Adventures in Counterculture book, back in stock. Word is blog, back in stock. And my most recent book, What a Night, a book about the worst shows of my career is back in stock all back in stock and you can get all three of those for just $25 on waitlist.net once again all three of my books are available for just $25 on waitlist.net back to the show all right yeah super duty tough work the most infamous podcast on planet earth Mm -hmm. teaching you how to be better at spreading the word about what you do word Better promo. So you don't have to be tagging people. You know what I mean? Ah, <laughs> yeah. You know, dropping links just, mm-hmm. you know, from out of nowhere. Explosion. <laughs> Hopping out the bushes with links in your hands. <laughs> Running up on people Freeze. in the middle of the night with a link. <laughs> Bad Scaring links. people. Scaring people with links. <laughs> oh, man. I'm trying to save you from yourself. Yeah, man. This podcast. So, uh, yeah, we got three down. Number four. Yeah. Uh, best promotional strategy. And this is something I like to call practice publicly. Mm. So when you look at guys, what a lot of people do is let's say you're, you're dope at your art. You're dope. You only talk to people. You got new music. You talk to them. Mm-hmm. They don't have new music. You ain't got much to say. Mm-hmm. That was the old paradigm of like um, album cycles that we grew up on. Right. 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 If you got an album out. You're you, talking all the time. If you don't. I don't hear from you too much. <laughs> It's very rare. Right, right. Unless you got a new video or something. Yeah, but social media has changed it to where now you can gain a following strictly by practicing publicly. Mm-hmm. Um, an example of this is, is a shout out to my guy, DiBiase. Mm-hmm. You know, producer DiBiase, uh, where, you know, he maybe once or twice a week, he's going to post a beat. Yeah. 
on some different and it might be on a completely different machine. Yeah. One might be on the machine. Right. The next one might be on the NPC. Right. Next day he might hit you with the SP. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Then he might hit you with the little pocket operator joint. Yeah. You right. know what I mean? And all of it's gonna be fire. Uh-huh. He's just gonna cycle. He might hit you with the SP twelve hundred joint. Yeah. He got all the machines. The iPad yeah, joint. He's like, like yo. <laughs> all of it. But he what he and he's sharing his work with or without an album. And what this does is it furthers his brand and it makes people, it reminds people of mm-hmm. who, who he is. Right. Like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. I, I fuck with him. And so the people who like it will retweet it. Mm-hmm. And then the people who don't follow him will listen, oh, who's this that my friend retweeted? Must mm-hmm. be fire if Illogic retweeted it, right? right, right. Oh, it's fire. Who's this DiBiase guy? Yeah. Let me follow him. Uh-huh. Let me see what he's got out. Oh, psh, then you start looking through his page, you start seeing you know, uh, his album, you start it's seeing- History. Yes, mm-hmm. history. Okay, let me dig deeper. Next mm-hmm. time on Spotify, let me let me follow this fool. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, he got a quarter of a million fucking plays a month <laughs> on Spotify. Right, right. You know, just from that. Mm-hmm. The it's no different. Look at like drummers, for example, J Zone. Mm-hmm. He practices publicly. Yes, he posts videos of his drumming at once, maybe every other week or something. Yeah. Something of him practicing his instrument. It doesn't have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. It just has to show that he he's demonstrating the skill that he has branded himself with. Right, and that goes way further than hey y'all, I play drums. Buy the album. Buy the CD. Come to the shows. Yeah. See, it's it's something that is only, I mean, it's only possible through the social media we have now. Right. You know, you this wouldn't have been done back in the day. Because it, it would take too much time. Yeah. Equipment too heavy. Yeah. You know, like, How do you do this? Like, <laughs> yeah, you can't like, do that. Well, the beauty of the iPhone and the phone now is that you can literally share these moments with people and the quality is becoming better and better. And you can do it live. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't have to record anything. You could just go live and, yo, I'm about to practice my set real yep. quick. Make you know beat. what I'm saying? We, yeah, me and Detox did that a couple times mm-hmm. uh, for the last tour. Like, yep. we would, the first 10 minutes of our practice, I would go live on Instagram mm-hmm. and I would just set the camera down or held the camera while we rhymed and he would be cutting over my shoulder and we would, it would just be us practicing the set and mm-hmm. people tuned in like, oh shit. They never really saw it like that, the behind the scenes and it just keeps people engaged and involved and it, and it promotes. It's, that's something that you don't even need a new record right. to do. It just pr- it promotes you. Yeah, it promotes you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, that's, and that's better. And, and again, you have to have faith Mm-hmm. that it's dope enough for people to spread the word. word because a lot of people can't do it because they feel like well what is this going to do mm-hmm. i better off just posting a link to my own telling people to buy it yeah and it's like none is going to do something even better than that yeah because it's it's almost it's kind of an interactive it, it it's an interactive feel you know what i'm saying especially when it's video yes when it's video people feel more engaged and they feel like you're speaking to them directly as opposed to just posting a picture yes. or posting a link yes yeah yeah, man. So, so, yeah. You know, there's a lot of examples. DBIC. A lot of the guys in the beat scene, I think, are really good at this. Yeah, they do it a lot. Yeah, you know, because it's like they can post beats without having their face in the, in the footage. Right. It's, it, it's personal, but it's not as yeah. personal. Whereas, like, me and you don't post videos of us rapping that often. It's nah, like, it's, it's rare. It's, it's like, yo, you don't put the camera on face and just be rapping at right. you like that. <laughs> yeah, like now. Nah, and I, I was thinking about that, like, because there's a lot. A lot of the younger dudes do it a yeah, lot. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, and. I don't know if it's just like we just old school and yeah. we just don't we feel corny doing it. Yeah, we could do more. We could do we more. We could do more. We, we could do, do more. I've I've I'm going to be doing it more because I was like, yo, I could easily be doing a verse of the week considering the amount of 
collaborations I do with people. Right, right. I could. It wouldn't be any problem. It's just I wanted to look crispy. If I right, did. I wanted to be dope. Like yeah. we, like I don't just want to have a phone holding phone in the hand. Yeah, or if right, I do right, do right, that, right, I want right. to edit it. I wanted to look. You yeah, know what I'm saying? I wanted yeah. to look fresh. You color correct my joint. Yeah, you know exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I wanted to look fresh. It has some nice edits. You know, some nice cuts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's that raw digging shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They out there going raw right now. Right. It's just like, damn. I mean, I get it. It works. Yeah. But I think if you are a rapper, you're trying to build a fan base, you should be doing that. Yeah, you should. And be. also, we're speaking from the perspective of having fan bases. Right, exactly. So we, it's kind of, you yeah, know. We should be cultivating that. Yeah. Giving them a little something to nibble on. Yeah. Even when we don't have records out. Right, right. You know we could be saying? doing more. We could be doing a lot more. Yeah, yeah. In, that, in that regard. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, practicing publicly, man. That's number four. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number five way. Best way to promote yourself is performing. Yeah. Now this is this is really the original way. Like you think about recorded music, the history of music going back hundreds of years. The only way to promote yourself was yeah to perform live. Yeah, when you put a record out back in the day, you hit the road. <laughs> yeah. There yeah. was no you was know in what I'm saying? town square. Yeah, it was straight up like. You know, back in the back in the day, early blues, early yeah. rock and roll. Yeah. You put a record out, you hit the road. That was it. That's how you got radio play. Yeah. That's how you got that shit. Because you played in different cities and then people came to hear you and it's like, oh, this is hot in the streets. Yes. Because you hit the road. Exactly. That's the original promotion. That's the original publicist. Thank you. Is the road manager. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Straight up. It's true. It's true. Yeah, man. So like, I mean, and and what I think people should also consider is that like when we're talking about performing live, um, it's not just restricted to leaving your house. Right. Because now, like we say, you have the tools now to actually perform, to go live, to put a performance live on the Internet. Yeah. What's what's popular now with all with a lot of cats is just the NPR tiny desk concerts. Yeah. You know why? Because people are taking the time to put something into that live performance, real intimate setting, and the craftsmanship is up, and the shit they're doing is really dope. And it's like, well, wait a minute, man, these guys are are, are really taking it there, mm-hmm. and I should probably do something like that. You don't need NPR to do something like that, right? You can do that. I mean, you got a desk, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You got a tiny desk, you got a tiny desk, yeah, yeah, before yeah a kitchen table, yeah, straight up. You know, you can do it in your little tiny studio. Mm-hmm. There's no reason to not tap into that energy. If, if you so see fit, if you are a person, you've got a, a unique stage show, mm-hmm. you got a unique energy, uh, just do it. And even if you don't, it's a great way to practice, right? Practice publicly, which is the previous one. But, you know, performing live, getting out there is a way to make a connection with people who wouldn't have otherwise had it. Right. You know, they, they go to shows and, you know, we've been to shows where we didn't even go to see the person on stage and left a fan. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I actually came to see them. Right. But then you were there. <laughs> right. And fans say that stuff to us. Yeah. Like, yo, I went to see them, but you were there, mm-hmm. and I left a fan of yours. I bought all your records. Yeah. And then I went on Spotify, and I, I'm in. I mean, that was back in the day all the time, because, you know, we went opening for Atmosphere, opening, you know, opening yeah. for Idea, opening for all of the friends that we have that were a little bigger than us at the time, and cats yeah. would come there like, yo, I had no idea who you were before I got here, but mm-hmm. you are sick, and I bought all your shit. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Fans for life. Yeah, 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 and that's the way it should be, man. And, and live shows have that kind of impact mm-hmm. um, more than anything you can do because when they see you up there, actually, it, it it sells your music in a way that you can't on record. Definitely. You know, so that's number five. Yeah. Performing live. Okay, number six. Mm. Best promotional strategy: provide value. <sighs> value, man. Look, everybody 
will follow somebody when they act when they can get something out of it. Yeah. You know, yeah. like there's people who listen to us for the entertainment. Right. Who aren't artists, mm-hmm. who aren't in this business. They're just, mm-hmm. This is entertaining listening to these talk every week. Right. And then there's people who listen to us because they can get something out of it. Yeah. They're like, this is going to help me <laughs> right. succeed. Cats listen with, with notebooks. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Taking notes and shit <laughs> yeah. on their phones and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> that right. Because this shit has value. Mm-hmm. And we deliberately try to tap into both of those sides because, yes, obviously we rhyme and we're entertainers, but right. we understand that people are more likely to 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 subscribe and to support things that actually help them, that give them something. And it makes it makes perfect sense. Why? I mean, I understand wanting to escape everything and, you know, listen to stuff that's just entertaining. But most people when they listen to something when they watch something they really want to get something out of it at the core very true they want they you watch a movie you want to you want to see what the lesson is at the end very true you know what i'm saying you listen to a record you want to get the message that the artist is trying to convey like there's there's entertainment but there's also at the core of us we always want to learn yeah that's a fact man that's a motherfucking fact man so but yeah and we do it here you look you know you look at other things so look at even i mean look at um so like we make beats for example like there's sites that I follow now that are just like Ableton tips and tricks. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. I do the same with the FL Studio shit. Yeah, yeah. right. Same thing. Like you follow these people, you don't care who's behind it. Mm-hmm. You just know that every couple of days they're gonna hit you with some shit. <laughs> yeah, you are gonna be like, oh, ah, I know I can do that. That's how you do that. Mm, mm. I'm a freak. That though, uh-huh. I see what they did there. <laughs> Next time I sit down, that's value. Yeah, it's yeah. valuable to us, right? Like I follow dozens. Tens of probably 20, 30, 40 fucking filmmaking YouTube channels, mm-hmm. at least, yeah. you know, from from color correction people to special effects people to storytelling people to uh, videographers to screenwriters. I follow all those people mm-hmm. and all of those people were followed because they were doing something valuable. Right. And then later on, after they had the value, I started to get into them like, oh, yeah. I like this cat. Right. OK, yeah. If he had something out that I needed, I would support. I would buy it from him if I needed that thing. Mm-hmm. That's how you have to be. That that promotes itself in a way that sometimes you never could. Exactly. You know, you look at a lot of these videographers, they get on YouTube and you it's called content marketing, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're 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 marketing, hey, this is how you, you white balance a camera. But then when they trust you to white balance the camera, they see that you can you're actually a badass videographer. Right, right. Oh, he actually lives near me. Mm-hmm. I need somebody to shoot my wedding. <laughs> right. This right. guy who taught me how to white balance my camera. Is gonna be the guy I hire because I can't shoot my own wedding, right? You know, or my homie. I need a videographer, whatever the fuck. When people know that you can provide value, they trust you more. Mm-hmm. They start supporting you more because you've given them more than they've given you, right? You know, like you given we give up so much game for free that some people are just like yo, how can we help y'all? <laughs> right, right. Let us know straight up, and we oh, we might not even have anything, but okay, when the new record comes around, mm-hmm. you can help us. <laughs> <laughs> right you know but it's there because we've provided value mm-hmm. so uh that's number six mm-hmm. okay we'll take a break and we'll be right back what up everybody quick reminder super duty tough work hoodies back in stock we got smalls back in stock medium back in stock large back in stock extra large back in stock 2xl sold out already my bad y'all but yeah Every other size of the Super Duty Tough Work hoodie is back in stock and available at weightless.net. Go there, order yours, and support the movement. Rep the squad. Back to the show. Uh, we back. You boys. <laughs> what a day in the office. Right. 
technical difficulties on this one. Mm-hmm. Real but, uh, break. You know, that kind of uh, leads us into our next point of discussion. <laughs> it does. Which is uh, having compelling visuals. <laughs> right. Something that was threatened during this this episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Camera shutting off for no reason. <laughs> God damn it. Full of batteries and whatnot. Yeah. So I'm just not running just for nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, why did you just stop? No image. No image. I'm yeah. like, what does that mean? <laughs> I hit record. Right. Ain't no fucking image. Yeah. <sighs> I'm pissed. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Compelling <laughs> visuals. You gotta have those, man. Yeah. That's how you sell yourself, man. Look, this podcast, you know, we was audio for three years. Yeah. And just added some video. And I think it's helped us grow and reach a lot of new people. I think it definitely has. I think it's given people a little um it gives it gives them a different way to watch us. It gives us a different way to support the podcast, especially you can you know, nowadays you can watch it on your TV. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? People be doing that. Yeah. Like, she's just wild. Watching us on, on their television. Come on, man. <laughs> we made it. <laughs> we made it, mom. That's, that's, that's dope. It's like a TV show. Yeah. You know, but it wasn't before. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we decided to add the visuals because we know that that's, uh, it gives us an additional avenue to promote ourselves. Right. If you're an artist, whether you're a visual artist, whether you're a fucking musician, whatever the fuck you do, graphic designer, the visual element of how you promote yourself is is of the highest importance. Mm-hmm. You know, people can hear your voice, especially if you're a musician, and they can hear a song one way, but when they actually see a music video, right, it completely changes what they thought about that piece of art. Yeah, um, it gives you a completely different way to tell your story mm-hmm. that's complementary to the art. And if you're not doing music videos right now, you're selling yourself short. Yeah. I'm not saying you got to do it for every song. Right. But for those that actually lend themselves to a visual treatment, go in. Yeah. Um, do it. Because when you make the, the visual compelling, you end up with something that excites people enough to share. And it makes people talk about you. Right. And you don't have to say, hey, the video is out buy my album. Mm-hmm. People will listen to it, watch it, and then they'll come to like you and promote you because they like the shit. Yeah, and they'll come find you. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, an example of this is like this rapper, uh, gosh, Toby in Weegway. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's he seems to me like a guy who has completely found his mark with the visual side. Oh, yeah. To where people anticipate his music videos um, because they're compelling, right? And they're very simple. Like, nothing crazy. No, he's he's they call it single shot. Yeah. Single shot videos, right? Where it's just one camera moving Mm -hmm. from spot to spot and you're telling a story without turning the camera off. He's got several of those joints that are just really dope. And that's not something, the thing is, it seems new Mm -hmm. to music videos, but it's, it's, you know the uh, the first time we really saw it done really well was um, the exhibit what you see is what right. you get video yeah. that yeah. was a single shot kind mm-hmm. of video and it was one of the best videos of its time right. but exhibit didn't even create that right. that's a Steven Spielberg thing mm-hmm. the long single shot mm-hmm. and uh, you can go on YouTube right now and, and, and go look up long single shot single shot uh, Steven Spielberg and you'll see dozens of people who have put together collages of all his best single shot right so someone just took that technique whoever his videographer was maybe it was him maybe it was someone else and said hey you know what i think i can do that uh for my music videos because mm-hmm. no one's doing it mm-hmm. took that technique applied it blew up for him mm-hmm. really blew up really really blew up you know and 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 it doesn't hurt that he's dope too yeah being dope. <laughs> yeah you gotta be good yeah. you can't be trash right yeah, it you got to be that good. He's a really good right. rapper. Yeah, you got to be really good. good song. Yeah, so it just adds to it, right? Because yeah. what the song people can, oh yeah, it's a dope rap song. Mm-hmm. When you see that, 
it just hits different. Yeah. Like, oh, this is a whole concept. Mm-hmm. This is a whole thing. It's not just a, a dope rapper. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's important for people promoting you. You see people sharing his music videos all the time. They anticipate them all the time mm-hmm. because they're different. I mean, another guy who does it is Prof. Right. Prof is since the beginning, he's made bugged out weird videos. You right. know what I'm saying? And they always he gets a bunch of people involved. Mm-hmm. Hey, who wants to be in this video? They'll have 50 motherfuckers in his music videos doing yeah. wild ass shit, pool parties and driving around with pregnant chicks and whatever <laughs> makes motherfuckers talk. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, right. It, it's compelling. Mm-hmm. And, and it makes people talk about him and his music and they anticipate the release of these visuals as much as they anticipate the release of his music. Yeah. And uh, that's something you got to do. It, it's it's simple, but it works. I think Joyner Lucas is another one. Yes. Because I didn't really fuck with him. I've never listened to a full album of his. Yeah. I've only watched all of his videos. Yeah. And every time he drops a video, I want to see it because you never know what kind of story he's going to tell. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like he had the one, the first video of his I saw was the one uh, with the dollar, with the hundred dollar bill. Okay. And yep. how it followed the dollar bill everywhere. And yeah. That shit was fucking amazing. And you know, from there it's like, I just want to see what the fuck, you know, it's going to, he's going to come up with next. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I've never really been a fan of his music. I think he's a good rapper. Yeah. But, I've never really listened to an album of his. Yeah. But his visuals, like every time he drops something, I want to see it. Yeah. See, that's dope. Yeah. That's dope. And that's what it's supposed to do, man. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh gosh, number eight. Yeah. This is one that uh, you know, people don't do very often, but it always seems to work. And this number eight is contests. Yeah. You know, I mean, remix contest is a good idea. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, people are now asking people to make memes of themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, think of how Drake does videos and say, oh, that that was the most meme worthy. You know, like he had that one where he was doing weird dances. Right. Right. And all of a sudden that shit was create dozens of memes from that. Yeah. People think he did that on purpose. Mm-hmm. They think that he deliberately put those moments in his video. Right. Knowing that people would snatch him out and meme him and further it wouldn't surprise his me. shit. It yeah. wouldn't surprise you know what I'm saying? Like it would in today's culture, it wouldn't surprise me that people do things like that on purpose, make crazy faces and shit like that. Yeah. So they can be created in memes and basically eternalized, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's a uh, gosh, what is the guy's name from the midnight hour? Um I'm going blank on his name right now, producer. You oh, um he, Adrian Young. Adrian Young, the Adrian mm-hmm. Young Challenge. Mm-hmm. He's got a thing on his Instagram where it's like, okay, for the next 90 days, practice an instrument for three hours a day and tell me your results. Mm -hmm. It's a contest. Mm -hmm. It's a challenge, right? To get people involved. It says, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is something that you should do. And we can we can discuss this Mm -hmm. at the end of those 90 days. People are just like, yo, I learned something I never thought I would have learned. And thanks to Adrian Young for challenging me like that. Mm -hmm. You know, same thing we talked about remixes. Hey, here's the acapellas to this song. Y'all go do show me what you got. Right. 30 days later, two weeks later, you got some crazy ass shit that you never thought mm-hmm. it would sound like. And the people who are even participating it are inadvertently like promoting you. Exactly. They're promoting themselves and their remix, but then it's your verse, right. your vocals. And so any kind of contest you can do, and that's free. Mm-hmm. Cost you nothing. Yeah. All you gotta do is just mix down that acapella. <laughs> yep. Drop Post the it. link. Yeah. Like you could have a, you know, we could probably do some sort of challenges on this shit. Okay, this is the the worst for you. Come up, you now in the comment section, y'all tell us your worst mm-hmm. what you've done that didn't work. You yeah. know what I mean? Or, or what you've done that did work, what works really well for you. That's mm-hmm. kind of a challenge. That's a contest. Mm-hmm. You know, those things get people involved and 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 they and they work, you know. Um another example of this is like crowdfunding. Yeah. Um, whether we see it as such or not, crowdfunding actually is 
it's like a group activity. Yeah. It gets people involved. Yeah, and you get prizes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You have a certain amount of money, you get a certain yeah. thing, you know. Right, right. And then, you know, one of the illest things, you know, we talked about it before on here is that um, you know, people look at crowdfunding as like people raising money, but it's really about awareness. Mm-hmm. Like it's not even about the dollar amount. It's like, could that person have gotten this many people to talk about and or spread the fact that they got a record coming out without doing that crowdfunding thing? Right. It's the inclusion of it. Too. That's it. Yeah. We're part of this campaign. We're part of this artist making this goal. We want to see them. We're rooting for them. You don't necessarily get that just laid back. A record drops tomorrow. Drop right. it out the blue. Right. You, when you bring people into the process, you know, it becomes easier to to promote. And right. uh, that's contest. Yeah. That's it. We'll stop right there. Yeah. We can. Okay. So that's number eight. All right. Eight joints. Don't say we never gave you nothing. <laughs> run them back. We'll run them back, man. Uh, the best promotional strategies. Number one, run a campaign. Number two, make great art. Number three, find a niche. Number four, practice publicly. Number five, perform live. Number six, provide value. Number seven, compelling visuals. Number eight, contests. Mm -hmm. And that's it, man. Uh, We hope y'all got something out of this. And uh, let us know in the comment section. And uh, see y'all next week. All right. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to Super Duty Tough Work. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Follow the podcast on SoundCloud. Peace. Shoot, I got styles already that's more complex than nobody know about. I mean, super duty tough work. <laughs>